Can you dream of a world immune to cancer? Hello, everyone. My name is Nick, and I'm the host of the annual live stream for The Cure, where content creators and podcasters from around the world join me to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute and Immunotherapy Research, which is training the body's immune system to fight against all forms of cancer. Over the past seven years, thanks to the power of indie podcasters and the indie podcasting community and listeners just like you listening to this right now, we have raised over $90,000. And as I record this now, the eighth annual live stream for The Cure is barreling down upon us really, really quickly in just about two weeks. So join us, please, from May 29th through June 1st for 48 hours of amazing content from people all over the world and help us fight for a world immune to cancer. And I'll return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Thank you so, so much. And together... We can make a difference. In a world overflowing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the Hi everyone, I'm Em and welcome to Verbal Diorama, episode 35, Spirited Away. And this is episode 9 of my animation season, uh, following on from Arthur Christmas, Akira, Kubo and the Two Strings, The Incredibles, The Lego Movie, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, um, along with its sister episodes on Howl's Moving Castle and My Neighbour Totoro. Um, and... This episode and its sister episodes are essentially in celebration of the first anniversary of the first episode of Verbal Diorama. And that was Titan AE. And that came out a whole year ago on the 16th of February 2019. So if you're listening to this episode on the day of release, uh, which is the 16th of February 2020, then it's Verbal Diorama's birthday today. And I've been doing this for a whole year, which is completely crazy um because i'm doing essentially three episodes that i'm releasing in one day and because i'm a complete nutcase i have only given myself a week to plan and prepare and research and record and edit three episodes because <laughs> i'm crazy um but because of that um, these episodes are going to be a bit shorter than normal. Um, at the moment, episodes tend to be around sort of 50 minutes to an hour. Um, and that's because I, I basically like to put as much information in as possible. Um, but for these episodes, I've really had to cut down stuff that I can talk about. Um, just because otherwise I might not be able to get them all out on the day that I want to, um, and rather than disappoint people, maybe it won't be a disappointment, maybe it'll be a celebration that I didn't get an episode out. But um, these episodes are going to be short, they're going to be to the point, and they're not going to contain the usual blurb, blurby bit that I put at the end. Um, mainly because these episodes are really more of a thank you to you guys, the guys who download and subscribe and listen to the show, um, because I really appreciate your support. I've 
have appreciated it all year. Um, and the fact that you are still listening, if you are still listening, hello. Um, the fact that you are listening to me go on and on and on for like an hour each time about movies that I love. It, it's literally the best thing that I do right now in my life. So it is a joy. And Spirited Away specifically, it's really difficult because I knew I wanted to do Howl's Moving Castle for definite because I love it. If you haven't listened to the Howl's Moving Castle episode, it's just basically a love fest about Howl's Moving Castle. Um, and I knew that I wanted to do My Neighbour Totoro because it was the first one that I ever saw, even though I didn't know it at the time. Um, but then it's like, there's so many other fantastic movies that Studio Ghibli have put out. I ended up doing a Twitter poll because I was like, I can't choose. Um, and the poll was between Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke and Laputa Castle in the Sky. Um, and I kind of felt a little bit when I was doing the poll that I didn't feel like Castle in the Sky stood much of a chance. And it turned out it really didn't because the battle was kind of between Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke. And essentially, as well, it's not rocket science, Spirited Away won by a landslide. Um, that makes me happy to talk about Spirited Away because... This movie is genuinely one of the greatest animated movies ever made. But it makes me sad because I really wanted to talk about Princess Mononoke. I'm very much hoping to do something soon on Princess Mononoke because I know that there are a lot of people who are a little bit disappointed that it didn't come a little bit higher or, or win this particular poll. So I do want to do something with it. Um, and I do want to talk about it because I think the themes in that movie about nature and, and taking care of the environment, I think, are so vivid and strong. Um, so I'm hoping to be able to stick it in the schedule um, a bit later on this year. But for now, we're following our errant parents through a tunnel uh, into an abandoned amusement park and towards the smell of deliciously animated food into the highest grossing film in Japanese history. And the winner of the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature at the 75th Academy Awards. So, we're going into Spirited Away. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli film. Honey, don't take a shortcut. You always get us lost. From master filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. What is it? Come on, let's go in. I want to see what's on the other side. Be here. Get out of here now. What? Leave before it gets dark. You've got to get across the river. Go. I'll distract them. are transformed <laughs> and sorcerers rule <laughs> the witch Baba controls you by stealing your name if you completely forget it you'll never find your way home your name belongs to me now one girl's future depends on her judgment aren't you getting wet out there I'll leave the door open for you <gasps> her courage it's a coon. he's hurt Haku! Haku! This way! 
choosing clothes, please. And remembering one thing above all else. I want you to know my real name. It's Chihiro. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli film. Experience a magical movie phenomenon. Embraced by all the world. Let's go! Synopsis for Spirited Away, 10-year-old Chihiro and her parents stumble upon a seemingly abandoned amusement park while moving house. After her mother and father are turned into giant pigs, Chihiro meets the mysterious Haku, who explains that the park is a resort for supernatural beings who need a break from their time spent in the earthly realm, and that she must work there to free herself and her parents. So, cast-wise, as for all of these Studio Ghibli movies that I'm covering, I'm going to be listing the original Japanese cast and the cast for the Disney dubs. There's a reason for that, and I'm going to get to that in a little bit. So, cast-wise, as Chihiro, or Sen, as she becomes later, we have in the Japanese version, Rumi Hiragi, and for the Disney dub, Davey Chase, as Haku in the Japanese version, Miyu Irino and Jason Marsden in the Disney dub. As the joint roles of Yubaba and Zaniba in Japan, Mari Natsuki and in the English dub, Suzanne Plachette. As Akio, who's uh, Chihiro's father, in Japan, Takeshi Naito and in the English dub, Michael Chiklis. As Yuko, Chihiro's mother. In Japan, Yasuko Sawaguchi and in English dub, Lauren Holly. As Kamaji in the Japanese version, we have Bunta Sagawara and in the English dub, David Ogden Steers. And as Lin in Japanese version, Yumi Tamai and in the English version, Susan Igan. The movie was written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Um, so his last feature before this was Princess Mononoke and after that he announced his retirement from filmmaking but as we're going to establish sort of throughout these Ghibli movies um, Miyazaki can do a great many things but one thing he can't do is retire because he supposedly retired after Princess Mononoke and then he made Spirited Away which he then retired after only to go on and make Howl's Moving Castle so basically the man's a complete legend, but he needs to slow down because he's doing a lot. Um, I want I want to talk a little bit about Hayao Miyazaki. Um, just so you know, this bit is essentially copied and pasted between all three episodes because I couldn't be bothered to do anything different. So um, Miyazaki himself is often called the Japanese Disney. And honestly, there's no comparison um, because although Disney themselves do make great movies, um, you can't compare. It's like, comparing apples and oranges i swear miyazaki uh will come on to his recurring themes but he does not pull his punches when talking about very serious topics and things that are very close to his heart as well um hayao miyazaki was born in 1941 his interest in animation was sparked by the 1958 movie panda and the magic serpent and he graduated in 1963 with degrees in political science and economics before starting work at Toei Animation as an animator and also started writing manga. 
He also worked for APRO, where he started work on Lupin the Third Part One and Nippon Animation before moving to Telecom Animation Film in 1979. His directorial debut was The Castle of Cagliostro, a Lupin the Third film. He then worked on the film adaptation of the manga series Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, where he enlisted musician Joe Hisaishi to compose the score. In 1985, Miyazaki, along with Isayao Takahata, Yasuyoshi Tokuma and Toshio Suzuki, co-founded Studio Ghibli, named after the Libyan Arabic name for Hot Desert Wind. The first Studio Ghibli feature film was released in 1986, which was Castle in the Sky, aka Laputa Castle in the Sky, which I may or may not come to in the future. I hope that I can because I do love Castle in the Sky um, and I think it's great. It would be great to talk about the first Studio Ghibli movie that was ever released. But that's not for now, that's for later. Another thing that I talk about when I've... One of the reasons that I wanted to do this animation season was to talk about the wide variety of animation and and basically to express my very deep belief that animation is not a genre um, and that animation can encompass all genres. Um, And Miyazaki's movies specifically are case in point, really, because... He covers all sorts of themes. Um, He does follow very similar themes and I'll talk about specific themes for Spirited Away in a little bit. So let's talk about the production of Sen Tuchihiro no Kamikakushi. Um, The movie was famously made without a script in place. It was Miyazaki's idea to base a story around a 10-year-old girl. And the character of which was was basically based around the 10-year-old daughter of a friend. So Miyazaki would spend his holidays at a mountain cabin with his friends. With the friends came these children. And he kind of felt like the 10-year-old girl market was a market that he hadn't really made a movie for up until that point. Um, Because My Neighbour Totoro was aimed more at younger children. And then Kiki's Delivery Service was aimed at more of a teenage market. Um, So he wanted to have a movie that specifically had a a 10-year-old girl as a protagonist. And production started in 2000 and it had a 1.9 billion yen budget, which was about $15 million at the time. And Disney actually invested 10% of the cost for first refusal on American distribution. And that was mainly down to Miyazaki's friend, who was Pixar animator John Lasseter. Um, And John Lasseter was not only his friend, but also a massive fan of Miyazaki. He was the one who persuaded the bosses at Disney that being the US distributor was a good idea. Um, It was Lasseter who also ended up being the executive producer of the English dub. And this dub in particular for Spirited Away is seen by anime experts as being one of the better English dubs. And I, I would kind of be in agreement with that. I really do love the the dub on this. Just on a point that I've mentioned on all of these episodes so far, uh, speaking of dubs, um, it's something that I touched on as well in the episode that I did on Akira with Anita and Kira from An Exceptionals. Um, the official verbal diorama line on subs v dubs is as follows. I don't care if you watch with subtitles or whether you prefer the English dubbed versions. My only real care in this world is that you are watching and enjoying these absolute works of art. Um, I have no judgment on dubs. Um, I am actually very fond of these English dubs that they've done, uh, Disney for Ghibli. I think they're overall very good. Um, I've already said on Howl's Moving Castle that I actually prefer 
that English dub. And I know that's probably going to get a lot of hate <laughs> because I know that there are people out there who are very strict about, you know, you can only watch subtitled versions of these movies. I personally prefer the stance that as long as you watch and enjoy these movies, it doesn't matter to me how you do it. I've been very fortunate that I've been able to watch and enjoy both the subbed and dubbed versions of all of these Ghibli movies that I'm featuring. Um, and honestly, like I say, I, I do have a preference in a sense for Howl's Moving Castle. The Spirited Away, I'm, I like the English dub, but I'm a little bit more 50-50, whereas on My Neighbour Totoro, I much prefer the subtitled version to the English dub. But I've, it's fine to like either or both. Just watch them and enjoy them. Uh, and that is the official Verba Diorama line. Uh, the movie started production based on storyboards that Miyazaki was constantly working on. Um, and the movie was actually originally three hours long. Um, it was eventually pared down to two hours. In Princess Mononoke, the team at Studio Ghibli had experimented with computer technology um, and the use of soft image, um, but they were very careful to keep the computer imagery only at the level of story enhancement. And the idea was to use it sparingly and to keep the characters hand-drawn. Um, and Miyazaki supervised and worked along the animation team to get these hand-drawn images perfect. Um, he wanted the characters to feel real, but never uncanny valley real. Um, and it's little touches that Miyazaki was really interested in, uh, such as like when Chihiro, or Sen as she is then, puts on her shoes in Kamaji's boiler room. She slides her foot in and she taps the toe to make sure they're fully in, which is something that a child would actually do. Um, and in addition, bear in mind at this point, Miyazaki was 60 years old um, and he approved every piece of animation. He helped choose the cast and he personally attended taping sessions. Um, he also worked closely with Joe Hisaishi on the score. Um, this is a man who worked till two or three in the morning most days making this movie. Um, and it's a real tribute to him as an animator. The sheer level of detail this movie goes into is all down to him and his keen eye. His son, um, who's also an animator, uh, Goro Miyazaki, once stated, and this is not a verbatim quote, um, but he basically said that his father was an incredible filmmaker but a lousy dad. Um, and I think that is just basically the fact that Miyazaki was so entrenched in his work all the time. Um, but that obviously came at a cost to his family life. Um, and Miyazaki himself, as I've said, he loves to weave themes into his movies to enrich the stories and to really make them relatable and valuable and timeless, um, as well as making them look stunning. And Spirited Away is a movie that succeeds just vastly on all of these points um it's probably one of the most beautiful movie that studio ghibli has ever put out um i remember watching this and just being blown away by the gorgeous vistas the light and shade the animation of the water and 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 complete pun intended but how fluid it all felt um the way the spirits moved and faded in and out the the way the bathhouse lit up at night um the sheen on the coal uh, carried by the soot sprites um, and the way that when most movies pile on the pace to this crescendo, this movie slows down, you know, almost to a crawl and stops with uh, Sen and No Face on the train gliding across this ocean track, passing spirits and stations on the way to Mossy Bottom, just relying on the music and the mood. And, and in Japanese, this is called Ma and it literally means emptiness. And in many ways, this scene encapsulates Sen's 
isolation. And literally everything is just meticulously animated and it shows. This movie is just stunning. It's breathtakingly gorgeous. It's very much like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'd argue you could take any frame of this movie and put it up in your house as art. Um, Themes-wise, okay, where do you begin? Um, So... Let's start with the theme surrounding Chihiro because she's the grounding force and the audience's viewpoint for this movie. I've read a few think pieces online that state that Chihiro is bratty and annoying. Um, But in my view, she's neither. Chihiro is just a young girl being forced to move house. Um, She doesn't want to move. She doesn't want to go away from her friends and her school. She's really sad. And that's it. Um, And to add to this feeling of sadness and isolation... She has a pair of really terrible parents um, and these are probably some of the worst parents in in any of these movies that I... Although, actually, Hell's Moving Castle, Sophie has a terrible mother, but My Neighbour Totoro is, is an example of great parents. Um, but this movie is an example of really terrible parents who don't listen to a child who's scared and worried about venturing into an unknown place. And whether it's a new house in a new town or exploring an abandoned theme park and eating the food. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's not Chihiro who's a brat. It's Mr. and Mrs. Ogino who are the parents. Um, for Chihiro, her, specifically, we have the themes of identity and maturity um, and the forcible taking of Chihiro's name and therefore her identity as a child um, and becoming Sen. Chihiro is essentially her child name and Sen becomes her adult name in inverted commas. And she assumes the responsibilities of an adult, um, the responsibilities her dumbass parents should have had, and starts working in the bathhouse to repay the debt of her dumbass parents. Um, Basically, what I'm saying is her parents are the worst, genuinely. Um, They are, I mean, we're not supposed to feel any sort of empathy towards her parents because they are terrible. But even before they turned into pigs, it's Chihiro who notices the traditional statues and shrines sort of dotted throughout this large empty place they found themselves in. Um, And the fact that they're sort of aged and miskept, it symbolises this sort of ignorance of tradition and history against this modernisation and the capitalistic society of the bathhouse. There's a bond as well between Haku and Sen. um, And the love that grows between them isn't romantic because let's not forget, she's 10. Um, It's more of like a sibling friendly love. Um, Haku is under Yubaba's spell. um, And without Sen's ability to do the right thing that's woven throughout this movie by being kind, polite, consistent and working hard, Haku wouldn't have been freed. And throughout this movie, Chihiro, and and by extension Sen, retains her sense of kindness and dignity and strength of character. Um, When everyone in the bathhouse is greedy for the gold from No Face, he offers it to her. She's the only person he wants true acknowledgement from, and she refuses it because she knows it's wrong to appreciate materialistic things. All she wants is to go back to her previous home, and she values that more than treasure. Um, And it's interesting because... Chihiro and Sen specifically is seen as inferior in this world because she's human but actually she's more worthy than anyone else in that bathhouse she's 10 years old and her parents are terrible um (laughs) I mean how on earth that has happened who knows um hard work I think really is sort of the main motto of this movie and the fact that nothing comes for free Uh, Chihiro's parents have to be the worst to show Chihiro as being the best 
Um, Chihiro as Sen works hard for Yubaba, even though Yubaba is constantly just wants her to fail. Um, Lin and the other bathhouse workers initially show contempt to Sen, but eventually kind of grow to see what a wonderful person she is. Um, and the one theme I kind of take away from this movie more than anything else is identity and the power of one's identity. Um, when Chihiro becomes Sen, her identity and memories are taken from her or or Yubaba tries to take them from her. Um, but it's Chihiro's identity that's the most important thing. Your name tells someone so much about you. Uh, if it's changed, you become essentially someone new and then it's up to you to be that new identity. Um, but we should all take power in that one thing that we have in, in our name, you know, whether it's a first name or a surname, it means something and no one can take that away unless you really want it to happen. Um, and a lot of people do change their names because they want to do so. And that's fine. And that's up to them to kind of take power in their new identity. But for me, your name is so powerful. It means something to so many people. Um, and it mean it should mean something to yourself as well. Um, Chihiro has this real inner strength to remember who she is um, and and also who Haku is as well. And let's not forget, she's 10 years old. I'm going to keep coming to that. She's 10. Um, becoming Sen gives her more strength and more bravery, but it never kind of relinquishes her true kind nature and her ability to do the right thing. Um, there are many other themes and symbols in this movie um pigs are a big theme in this movie and especially the transformation into pigs um and Miyazaki uses pigs quite a lot in his movies um but essentially in this movie the transformation into pigs is essentially a symbol of greed and capitalism um that Chihiro's parents are so greedy that they are just turned into pigs to live with other pigs because they're not seen as being any more than that Another thing that Miyazaki likes to talk about, and this is especially talked about in Princess Mononoke, is the environment um, and about how we are changing our natural world for the worse. Um, the stink spirit that enters the bathhouse um, is this globulous blob of murdered person, all these horrible things. Um, and essentially uh that is something that sen is given to do because they think that she will fail um but surprise surprise she doesn't fail uh the stink spirit turns out to be a river spirit uh, that was so polluted it was unrecognizable um and then obviously on the flip point we have haku who's a former spirit of the kohaku river who can't remember who he was because his former river home has been destroyed by humanity's lust for more housing, more industry, more shops. And both the the stink spirit and Haku are essentially telling us that we're industrialising these spaces. We're getting rid of our forests and our fields and meadows. And we're not thinking about what we're losing. Um, and it's something that's happening quite a lot here in the UK right now. Um, where around where I live, they're cutting down loads of trees to build a new road. And it's just... I drove past it the other day and it's just, it looks horrendous because we had all of these beautiful trees and they're all gone and they're lined up at the side of the road and all of that beautiful nature is gone just to make a road. 
and it's really genuinely sad. I appreciate we need infrastructure and we need roads, but it makes me so angry that we're cutting down trees to do it. You know, we should be planting more trees, not cutting them down. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, we've talked a little bit about the themes of greed. This is also a coming of age movie, um, specifically for Chihiro. She essentially throws away her childhood, but she doesn't throw away her name. She remembers that she's Chihiro. Her identity is so important. And even though throughout her time in the bathhouse, she's discriminated against, she shows this immense strength. Um, and she doesn't really want anything from anyone. She just wants, a part, well, apart from freedom. Um, and she it manages to get that in the end. Um, and I think even at the end, Yubaba is shows a little bit more respect um for Chihiro that probably she would normally do um just a little bit on no face specifically um because no face is really interesting when you talk about sort of nature versus nurture no face is a product of his own environment um he is completely benevolent at the start um he's fascinated by Chihiro um and with Chihiro he kind of feeds off her energy in a sense that with her he's sweet and kind um but when he's at the bathhouse he feeds off their energy which is rude and greedy and violent and demanding and so he becomes that and he's fed by it quite literally fed by it um and it's only really by Chihiro's power and strength and and just her ability to diffuse the situation that he reverts back and, and starts kind of feeding off her energy again. Um, this movie, along with My Neighbour Totoro, is influenced by Japanese Shinto Buddhism, um, as is most of Miyazaki's work anyway. Um, and that basically means that everything has a spirit and you respect your surroundings as if they were human. Um, it talks about humans are on the most part good. Um, and the evil is caused by evil spirits. So to keep them away, you offer gifts and prayers to the spirits. Um, that is also something that's talked about in My Neighbour Totoro as well. Um, and I just want to give some credit where credit's due, because before I started doing the research of this episode, I listened to For Your References episode on Spirited Away, and they told me something that blew my mind. So the Chi in Chihiro and the name Sen, um, so Sen means a thousand and so does Chi from Chihiro. Um, and so when Yubaba takes Chihiro's name, she essentially splits it from Chihiro to Chi. And essentially that then becomes Sen. So it's more or less the same thing. Um, and the reason I'm giving them credit is they're also covering Miyazaki at the moment. Um, they are releasing five episodes, including Spirited Away. Um, so massive thanks to Katie and OT for the info that I didn't have to research. Um, so obviously I would highly recommend you go over to their podcast and listen to their episodes on Miyazaki um they're not doing My Neighbor Totoro but I think they are doing Howl's Moving Castle so go over and listen to them 
Um, this movie as well was released in July, which is during Obon season. And Obon is something that I touched on in Kubo and the Two Strings, um, which is essentially where the spirit world kind of comes back into the living realm. Um, and, and this could also explain in Spirited Away the fact that the spirits are coming into the earthly realm um, and they are being honoured by the bathhouse because it's the Obon festival. Um, it doesn't specifically say that, but I like to think that it is. Um, Spirited Away won pretty much every award it was nominated for. The only three it didn't win were two Saturn Awards and a BAFTA. Uh, BAFTA, what's wrong with you? Um, it won 34 other major awards, including the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. It's notably the only hand-drawn animated movie to win that accolade. Um, as the award itself was first given out in 2002 and the first recipient was Shrek. And obviously, as I've talked about with animation, hand-drawn animation is a seriously dying art. Um, it's something that really you only find now in Japanese animation. Everywhere else is purely CG. Um, so the fact that this won the Academy Award is just a real testament to what a powerful and wonderful story it is. The music again for this, like in My Neighbor Totoro and Howl's Moving Castle, was scored by Joe Hisaishi. It's another completely stunning score from him. Out of the three, it's not my favourite because my favourite of his scores is always Howl's Moving Castle. Um, but it's such a beautiful score. Um, he really is such a talented musician. Um, I love Joe Hisaishi's work. Um, and obviously so does Hayao Miyazaki because they work together a lot. Um at this point of most episodes, I do something called the obligatory Keanu reference. But it turns out that trying to link Keanu Reeves to anything Studio Ghibli is, well, it can't be done. Um, so what I've done is I've changed it for these three episodes. And for the, these three episodes only, uh, depending on whether I have to do it again, I'm doing a new feature called If Keanu Was in the Live Action Adaptation of This Movie, Who Would He Be? And for this movie... I'm going to say, I think he'd be a great no-face. Um, because although it's a shame he wouldn't show his beautiful face, um, I can actually imagine him doing the motion capture work and for the physicality. Um, and, and I think he would bring sort of this semi-wordless intensity to no-face. Um, I think he'd be pretty perfect, actually. As with all of these Ghibli episodes, um, I feel like I've said it on all of them, um, I would love to talk more about these movies because there's so much to say. And a movie like Spirited Away is, it's just, not only is it gorgeously animated, it's a wonderful story. Um, it's so compelling and so rich. And the fact that it got all these accolades, I mean, it just it's just testament to the work that goes on at this studio. Um, it genuinely is one of the greatest animated movies ever made. Um, and... It's the sort of movie that I think, as with all of these movies, actually, benefits from multiple rewatches because you watch it the first time and maybe sometimes you don't get it or you don't really understand. But then if you watch it again and again, every time I watch this movie, I get something new out of it. Um, and I think that's just, as I say, testament to the wonderful work of Hayao Miyazaki, who's a genuine legend of, of animation. Um, and... He's 79 years old and he appears to not want to stop. Um, so, I, yeah, I think he's incredible. Um, anyway, I will have to 
end it i don't want to but i have to um by saying thank you for listening um as always i'd love to hear your thoughts on spirited away um next episode i'm finishing this animation season so i'm doing 10 episodes of animation um and i felt like throughout all of these episodes there's one major animation studio that i haven't gone near yet and that is disney themselves um they are the biggest animation studio in the world um everyone knows at least one disney movie or has seen one disney movie um and i could have gone for something that everyone's seen um you know like the lion king or beauty and the beast i could have even gone for something like snow white um which is obviously the first full-length animated feature ever made um but i'm not doing anything like that what i wanted to do was i kind of wanted to go back to my roots so to speak and the first episode of verbal diorama i looked at an animated movie called titan ae which I'd heard of but never seen before. And so for this episode, this final episode of the animation season, I'm kind of coming full circle, so to speak. Um, I'm not going to sing the circle of life, don't worry. Um, But I'm going to look at Disney's Treasure Planet. Um, And that is a movie that I've never seen before. I've actually bought it on DVD especially. Um, It was like £2. So I mean, it's a bit of a bargain. Um, But... I really want to talk about a movie that I've not seen. Um, I've heard great things about Treasure Planet. So, yeah, that is the next movie. Um, the That is going to be the first movie, actually, of the second year of Verbal Diorama, which is very exciting. Um, but it's the final movie in this animation season. But I will say that that does not mean I'm not going to be doing any more animation. Animation is something that I love with all my heart. And I do like to pop in little animated treasures here and there and I will be doing so I may do another animation season at some point in the future um but we'll see um I mean this is this animation season has just been just beyond any anything that I ever could have thought the response and the feedback has just been so wonderful so um so yeah um I guess I'll finish just to kind of say thank you to everyone who's listening um whether this is your first episode whether you're just a massive ghibli fan and you thought oh i'll just listen to this because this is my favorite ghibli movie or whether you're a seasoned listener or whether you've however many episodes you've listened to i don't care i'm just really grateful that you're listening um so i just wanted to say a big thank you to you guys for listening and subscribing and supporting the show in any which way you have um whether it is just by listening or telling your friends or whatever it just means so much to me um i also need to say a big thank you to my patreon supporters simon Chardé, hardy l claudia simon laurel and derek for supporting the show uh financially which is great it will hopefully get me some new hosting this year and maybe even get me some new equipment so i maybe sound a bit more professional that would be cool um but just a massive thank you to everyone. Um, this podcast has just brought me so much joy and um, and I look forward to doing it for another year. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to sign off and I'm just going to say I will see you all next time for the final episode of this animation season for Treasure Planet. Um, and as I said, no end blurb, just a massive thank you to you all and happy birthday, Verbal Diorama. Bye. Vision of